Zimbraconda is a proud supporter of Wisconsin Badger Athletics. If you're looking to purchase, finance, or service a new or pre-owned Honda, buy local. Part of the Madison community since 1973, Zimbraconda's customer service is second to none. Experience it today for yourself. Shop local. Shop Zimbraconda. It's always great when he joins us. I have two confessions. One, whenever I see this video, I get chilled. They show the clip of him saying, you better get your season tickets now because before long, you won't be able to. And then two, yes, he teased me about my earring once upon a time, but he and Brad Childress and Dan McCarney were like my professors of football as a student reporter. So I'm always indebted to him. It was like this was a, a master's class in learning about football because of him and his coaching staff. All right, so Jason, what you learn most from before Coach jumps on, what you learn most from Coach well, Alvarez? I, I learned the most from Brad Childress, who I got really mad at. He got mad at me once. Okay. Uh, he did not say, clouds are funny now, or any of the other things you quote him on. But he taught me also how to handle something when you screw up. So, joining us now, because I don't want to screw this up and spend any more time doing the talking instead of him, he is the Hall of Fame coach and former athletic director at the University of Wisconsin. It is Barry Alvarez on Wilde and Tausch. Barry, how are you today? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Well, I'm really proud of the fact that we had Jake on last week, and I never mentioned your name, which I thought was a pretty big accomplishment, given how many times he's referred to as your grandson. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. I agree. I'm sure he's tired of hearing it. <laughs> well, it, it, it is. I, we, we had a discussion with Brad Davison earlier about what happens more. People reference uh, Jake as your grandson or that Brad played quarterback in high school. So how excited are you for Jake? He is now a Dallas Cowboy. As I told him when he was on with Tausch and I, I was hoping he would be a Green Bay Packer because I was looking forward to covering him. But how did the draft process go for Grandpa, and what was it like to see him get drafted? You know, uh, we were all together here, and uh, it, it was, you know what, it was uh, it was intense. And, it was, you know, you're, you know, my wife said, geez, this is, this is worse than the game, you know, and just <laughs> waiting. And, and then to see how excited he was when he was selected, that was, that was really neat to see how he reacted and, and just the, the thrill of being, being drafted and, and excited about the team he went to and so on and so forth. That was It was really cool. So, Coach, Jake was kind of getting into, you know, we were asking him what, you know, what he was going to do and all this, and it basically sounded, he painted the picture that everybody around was freaking out but you. you were, he would go to you for the advice of things are going to happen the way they're going to. So even with all that, it sounds like, the intensity, did it get you because you're hoping that your grandson was going to get drafted high and picked, you know, get into a good spot wherever he was going to end up going? Yeah, I, you know, I, I was really open-minded just wherever you go, but you, in the back of your mind, you know, first of all, you tell them wherever you go, you'd be, you'd be happy, you'd be satisfied, uh, tell them how much you, you know, appreciate the community, et cetera, et cetera, but uh, – 
you want him to go to a good organization. Uh, you want him to go someplace where he has an opportunity. Selfishly, you want him to go someplace where you have, we, we could get there easily from Madison. Um, <laughs> all those things in, in a system that fits him and, and has some spots available where he has an opportunity to make the team. Uh, all those things. But in the end, wherever you go, you've got to make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. So how's retirement been? Uh, we haven't talked to you since you've uh, retired. I know you're busy doing a bunch of stuff with the Big Ten, but what kind of give us a little glimpse into what life's like now. It's been good. You know, um, with COVID, uh, that first year with COVID, they gave, they gave me a lot of practice. <laughs> so I just filling <laughs> the day. But, uh, you know, the Big Ten has been good. I just came back from we had meetings there last week in Phoenix. Uh, we were there for, for Cindy and I were there for four days. We, uh, we stayed an extra day after the meetings, but you know, it keeps me involved. It keeps me in the mix. I have to stay aware of, uh, some of the changes and, and, uh, some of the things that are going on within the league and the NC2A. So that's really been good. And then, you know, we've been down here in Naples since Thanksgiving. And so, uh, the weather's been fantastic. So I get out every day. I get a walk in every day. I play golf a couple times a week. Um, and Cindy keeps my, my evenings filled up. You know, we've got something to do, I swear, almost every night. So it's, I've been busy. I've enjoyed it. It's been good. So, Barry, you know I love college football, and I've been mentioning this to others that have come on our show that I'm, I'm worried about college football. I'm glad that you are still involved with college football, and hopefully you can influence where it's headed because I, I'm torn as someone who does want to see players be able to take advantage of name, image, and likeness and all the things that players that I covered as a student were would have never even dreamed of. At the same time, we had Greg Gard on last week, and... We are talking about how it's basically the Wild West right now in college sports because there's no real clear-cut playbook for how NIL should function. Are you concerned about college sports and how we don't seem to have a map for how to move forward in this new era, and how do you help fix that? Yeah, I'm very concerned. Um, most concerned because we have no leadership by our governance. The NC2A gives us no leadership, uh, and, and I sat in a room last week with 14 very, very disappointed and frustrated football coaches. You know, what they want to know, what do we do in recruiting? So there are guidelines, there are things written that you cannot be involved. You can't have an outside party involved in a recruitment. You can't use enticements in the NIL to recruit somebody, yet you read every day about different schools and different alumni putting all this money forward uh, to recruit someone. And it's illegal. And so, you know, the coaches are saying, do we do it and, and jeopardize our, you know, if, if we get fired, it's, you get fired with cause. Uh, or if we don't do it, we keep falling further and further behind. Someone has to step up and, and, and take care of this and, and, and you know, patrol the violations, and not just let it go and act like nothing's going on. The NC2A has to, has to step up. 
or, or just this thing's going to you know continue to be out of control. So, Barry, let's say that the NCAA says, all right, we're screwing this up. We need somebody that can really fix this. Hey, Barry Alvarez is retired. He still wants to stay involved. Let's have him do it. What would your... What would your initial thoughts be on how this can be run more effectively and not be the Wild West that it is? And and we won't hold well, you to I, all I, these ideas, but at least a few no, that I, maybe could get us started. The first thing you have to do is, is, is again, remind everyone what, what the guidelines were. There were guardrails. There were, there were rules that you could follow. Get recruiting out of the NIL. And... If somebody violates it, they're punished. It's as simple as that. Now, once you're on campus, if you na- use your name, image, and likeness to do a commercial, do, to do an appearance or whatever, that's fine. That's what it was meant. That would all, that's all going to even out. Or if someone is bright enough that they can use their social media uh, and have enough, uh, be an influencer where it's valuable, and you can sell sell that to, as advertising. That's great, um, but for guys just to, to give money um, to entice recruits, you got to get it out of the recruiting first, and then I think things could level out. But you've got to punish those who who, who violate. That'd be the first thing you have so, to do. I mean, it, you, you saw this, and and Gardo mentioned this too. Like, there's almost bidding wars and it's it's even worse in basketball with the transfer portal but that also becomes a part of this too right like not only are we dealing with the challenges of of navigating nil but now you add the transfer portal so it's not just recruiting high school athletes there's also the enticement to move from one school to another for potentially better nil situations right right You've got tampering going on. I think that's another thing you've got to got to address. Um, you know, kids are. are I, I think there there are schools that are going at literally going after and recruiting uh, and and tampering with uh, students at other campuses and offering X amount of dollars. I think that those are things that again that have to be addressed. These are guidelines. These are rules that you have in place. If you break them, you're going to be punished. You just can't let it continue yeah, to go. It, it, it's, it, it seems like, it, whether it's you, coaches, everybody is just overly frustrated that the NCAA isn't doing anything. And the NCAA feels, because of the court rulings, that they can't do it. So what exactly is the role of the NCAA right now if they're not enforcing and there is no leadership coming from there? That's a good, that's a good question. They're not doing much of anything. <laughs> You know, so somewhere along the line, there has to be some leadership, and you can't worry about court rulings. You're going to get sued, so so be it. You know, we have attorneys. Um, you just you let it happen. But you've got rules. You can make rules about tampering and 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 about not recruiting, um, not allowing NIL to be involved in recruiting, and not allowing someone outside of campus. Uh, to, to be involved in, in the, the offers or, or bidding wars. 
So, do you think that coming close, you know, coming soon here? Do you just feel like the Power Five are just going to break off and inform their own rules? Because I've been reading stuff and just kind of listening to the tea leaves, and it's saying it, that's where there's you know with the playoff expanding and all this. Do you think that's what's going to end up happening? That the NCAA is just going to be and these Power Five conferences with football and basketball are going to say we need to police it because you guys aren't. Yeah, I, I, I can I can see that in the future. You get so frustrated that there's a, a meeting of the minds of, of the schools that want to move forward, and uh, and you set up your own governance and move forward with it. Barry, is it is it hot and dry down there in in Florida? Do you need to get a, a drink of water? You sounded like you were uh, getting getting a little dry there. You you good? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. All right. We, well, you know, when you come in studio, we would have beverages waiting for you. Of course, neither of us are in studio, so that's another issue. All right. So the other thing that I was wondering about, and we played the music that they play at the the start of games, and and I mentioned your line at your press conference, which after your retirement, we got to hear how you were sleep deprived and, and that you didn't even know what you were saying. Which I love that part of the story. Um, But I saw a photo today of, uh, as they're getting ready for graduation at Camp Randall, the the new end of the stadium by the field house. And I found myself thinking back to my time as a student and how amazing it is when I get back to campus, just how different everything looks. Now, you, obviously, all the time you spent as athletic director and you're on campus every day. But uh, do you even feel this once in a while where you go onto campus and you think, God, remember, Cindy, what this was like when we got here in 1990? Are you ever in awe of just how much progress and how different the UW Athletic Department is than where it started when you got there? You know, and I'm not in awe, but I'm very proud of what we've done, you know, and we've continu- we're continuing to do it. And we've taken that great old stadium, and we've maximized every inch of it, and we continue to, uh, to, to make it better for our fans. I think that south end zone is going to be phenomenal. You know, you've taken an end zone, which you're, you know, for the most part, you're giving those seats away and you're putting bands in there and that type of thing. And you're and you're giving, making it premium seating where people can really enjoy it uh, and, and modernize it and make it a place where you want to be. Uh, that, that That's really cool. And then I can remember for years I'd drive to work and I'd, I'd look at the field house and you'd see the stains on the stone, and you'd see a, 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 stone, a cement wall cracking and falling down. And I'm thinking, you know, this is this is our front door, and this is what it looks like, you know. Okay. And uh, you know, the, we finally made a decision. We've got to get this. We've got to get this cleaned up, and and, uh, and and to see it now. And I can remember Bo Ryan following me one time. He was he was at uh, Hotel Red. At the time, he said, man, I'm looking at the field house. It looks terrible. And I said, we've got it in the plans, Bo. And I called him when we finished, and I said, I'm going to send you this picture. I'm going to send you a picture of the field house right now. You'll love it. But that, you know, all those things make make me very proud. And, uh, you know, we all know where the program was when we got there and where our facilities were. And to see them today is really, really special. 
So, Coach, I'm sure you've stayed in touch with Mac. Uh, any assessments so far on how he's done? The basketball team had a good season. Seems like things have really, you know, continued on from, you know, when you retired uh, last year. Yeah, Mac's doing a great job. I talk to Mac frequently. We're he was naturally at the meetings in Phoenix, and then we had the Badger Desert Classic uh, about ten days before that. Uh, I thought he, he really handled. Uh, the basketball issue when we had the problems with uh, with Michigan, I thought uh, he sh- you know showed a lot of support of the coaches. Coaches want to see that their athletics dire- director is behind them. Uh, I-, I thought he and, and he acted quickly. Um, I think he's doing a nice job. Uh, so as well as he handled that situation with Michigan, um, would you have handled it the same way, or would your uh, temper have gotten the, <laughs> the best of a little bit? <laughs> uh, let's say publicly, I would have handled it very similar. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking with Barry Alvarez on Wilde and Tausch. Um, Barry, the other thing I was wondering, Tausch brings up Mac, and... Obviously, you had Tausch and you had Mac and lots of other players that played for you. When you get to a point where you see these guys grow up and have the success that Mac has had and Tausch and so many, do do you take a different role in their lives when you keep in touch with them? Like obviously, Mac is following your footsteps in a job that you did. Tausch would like to have you on the show more frequently, or I would like to have you on the show more frequently. You can also assess, you can break down tape of Tausch, and then we could have tape sessions like you had with him as a player. But what's it like to watch all these different... Joe Panos is a successful agent. Like I know you got together with some of your former players after your retirement, but what's it like to see all these different guys in their different chosen fields, whether it's Mac or Tausch or many of the other guys you coached? Well, you know, Jason... You know, when I initially got into coaching, I wanted to coach. I was fortunate enough from the time I started in athletics uh, at a very young age all the way through college, I had great coaches around me, people that influenced my life, uh, you know, directed me into coaching. Uh, Then, you know, when I was in college, same thing. So I got into it to, to touch people, to touch young people, much like I was touched by by my mentors and you know you get into it you you try to help uh your your players grow you try to help um let's let them see the world uh the right way and you try to support them however you can and so you know in so many ways and, and, and the guys go in all their different directions and their different uh livelihoods and and you see success in in many ways and and that's the reward for me sure you like to see facilities you like to see wins you want to see championships but in the end it's always about your athletes I, my guys that you know my kids my guy the guys that played for me and how they're doing and you know i, I want to support them however i can uh, i i want to be there i want to be there to reminisce i want to be there to to uh to be any type of support and, and someone to uh, come back and reminisce with uh, whenever I can. So it makes me very proud when, when my guys are successful, um, they come back and, you know, the, the, the biggest, the biggest uh, prize and, and, and reward that I have is when one of them says, you know what, coach, you influenced my life. And, you know, I use some of the things that I learned in football 
uh, in my business and in my life today. And it, I, I reflect back on those things. You know, those that's that's what coaching's all about, and that's a reward in coaching. Yeah, and you've certainly done that for a lot of us. Uh, and I, since we said reminisce, I'm going to reminisce back in the old days when you and I agreed on the college football playoff. We both thought two teams were enough. <laughs> then you got to four. Uh, what... What do you think is going to end up happening? You think we're going to get to twelve? Going to get to eight? What's your What's your gut tell you on that? You know what, Dallas? Let's go back. We we thought, you know, two was better than allowing sports writers to vote yep. who was the champion. Okay. Yes, we especially certain sports writers for sure. That's that's exactly correct. Hey. What the hell do they know? So they're not watching the film. <laughs> but it, and let's go to four. Four is better than two. Um, and it's, I got off the committee, and and I said it's inevitable. It's gonna, it's it has to uh, be available for more people, more more conferences, more schools have to have access to that playoff. I, I my number is eight, but I I, I think uh, I think eventually it will go to twelve. Hmm. There you go. God, it's great to have Barry Alvarez on your team, isn't it? Like it's, it's so nice I to have. I can't believe he sided with you. But, hey, you know what? I get it, man. The money is talking. That's where it's at. You see these you know, these crazy TV deals. You saw the Big Ten with Fox, and they still have a bunch. So I get it. It makes sense. But it's just, yeah. Can any, you know, Coach, before I let you go, the SEC, can, can we catch the SEC in football? You know what? I think all this is cyclical. I can remember in the 90s, no one came close. No one could get stay on the field with Nebraska. Um, I think we can. Um, you know, it, it all boils down to recruiting. It all boils down to, um, you know, access to players. The, the shift of players has moved to the southeast. You know, it used to be your best players were, you know, it was Western Pennsylvania. It was Ohio. It was certain places. Then it's California, Texas. But the Southeast right now, I think the majority of your, you know, a lot of good high school players in recruiting comes out of that area. Um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think we can catch them. I think, uh, you know, we probably have to upgrade our recruiting somehow. Uh, you know, I'm talking as a league. Um, that's That's how you catch them. <laughs> they get the best players. Look at look at the, the the number of number one draft picks that Georgia had, and, and how many they were taking the first two rounds. It's well, they had the best players. That's why they win. Yeah. Two in Green Bay. So first two, both Georgia Bulldogs. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right, Barry. Last two for me, and then we can let you get to whatever Cindy has scheduled for you uh, for today. One. Uh, Tausch thinks that he might be uh, qualified for the Parenting Hall of Fame after making it to Eleanor's uh, first communion for the third time today before the show. And I noticed <laughs> that you went into the College Football Hall of Fame while you were still running the department. It was a little bit after you had finished coaching. But I'm fascinated by all these halls of fame where you're not fully retired and you're already in. Um is that a dynamic that is a little strange that people start calling you a Hall of Famer while you're still working? Because I'm not saying Tausch is going to get into the Parenting Hall of Fame, but I think he made a big step in his resume today by making time for Eleanor. Uh, what's what's the College Football Hall of Fame honor 
What is that like to people? Is there a jacket? How does that work exactly? <laughs> you know what? I'm. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't even know if I have a plaque. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, you know what? Well, it was that was a great honor. You know, you get into the business. Uh, that, that's the sport that I love. That the the profession that I chose and and. Uh, when you're, you know, when you're elected into the Hall of Fame, um, it's it's pretty special. It really is, and there aren't many. There aren't many that are in there, so uh, it right. means well, it meant you, a lot. <laughs> you, you, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean to make you actually answer that question. The, as soon as we got to, I don't even know if I had a plaque. I I, I thought we'd met, met our burden. Um, all right, last thing for me. I started by talking about uh, my time covering you as a student, and and I remember having a conversation with you very early. I was still a student at the Badger Herald, and you said the, you talked about the idea of having the kind of career that Bob Devaney had at Nebraska. And I have to be honest, I was, I don't know, 20, 21 years old, and I didn't know who that was. Uh, so I had to go do my research. Uh, the Internet had not really gotten going at that point. And as I learned about his career at Nebraska, and then I thought about, wow, that's a pretty high standard that Coach Alvarez has set for himself at Wisconsin. And you did it, and then some. Um, I know he passed away in like 1997, um, but when you look at your career how proud would he be of one of the people he mentored that you did all the things you did? You know what? I had him come back um, after our first Rose Bowl and uh, <clears throat> and speak at the high school. We, we have a uh, – I always had a day at the, at the high school uh, clinic, the last day to have a banquet. They put their Hall of Fame in and have a speaker. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I – and we were always in spring practice at the time, so I asked him if he'd come back. I wanted him to come back. Uh, we had just won a Rose Bowl. I knew, you know, he was at Michigan State when they, they won a Rose Bowl when he was an assistant, and he, he used to talk about that. So I wanted him to come back and, and see what we had done and, and be a part of it, and uh, he was able to do that. That, that, was, that was special for me. And then I had a chance to uh, induct him into a – uh, or get some award uh, in Michigan, and they asked me to to do that. And these are in the last few years of his life, and and so yeah, he he saw it. Uh, I think he was very proud, and uh, he knew, and I was very open that I he, I patterned my career after him. I idolized him. He was a mentor and somebody that I really looked up to, and uh, I, I know that he got that message before he passed. Well, Barry, we obviously have both learned a lot from you, and we always appreciate it when you make time for us. Uh, we look forward to your next visit. Uh, Tausch will handle the scheduling, because otherwise it would be next Thursday. So thanks. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good day. That is former Badgers head coach, college football Hall of Famer, and former Badgers athletic director Barry Alvarez on Wilde and Tausch. The Barry Alvarez postgame show is next. It's Wilde and Tausch.